Welcome, welcome, welcome to TikToking. I am your host, Kevin Hughes. Today I have a friend of mine on the show, and I met this person in Vegas when I was at the Cheer Choice Awards last year. And holy cow, what an amazing person. So kind, so big hearted, wants nothing in this world but to motivate people and inspire people. And you know, that's what he does for a living. He literally travels state to state to different schools and gives motivational speeches to high schoolers and just He's a comedian, just an amazing person. You guys are absolutely going to love him. Tom Coverly. I'm sure you've seen him around, if not on TikTok, somewhere. He's pretty much been around the entertainment industry for a very long time, but such an incredible person. So without further ado, guys, here is Tom right here with me, Kevin Hughes. Enjoy. TikTokin', TikTokin'. Where creators come to play. Tick-tocking, a tick-tocking. Find out what they have to say. Tick-tocking, a tick-tocking. Fascinating interviews. Tick-tocking, a tick-tocking. Tick-tocking with Kevin Hughes. You've done so many things. It's it's insane. And uh, for the listeners who haven't seen you or seen your content, can you kind of explain your background and what you've done for a living and what you do now? So, yeah, my content basically on social media is um, being a motivational speaker foremost. Um, That's my biggest love, my biggest passion in the whole world. Um, That looks different um, depending on which crowd I'm in front of, right? Whether it's bullying or suicide prevention, mental health issues, or a corporate event encouraging employees to just be better human beings in their workplace, right? Um, I also am a comedian and a magician, and so combine that together for a comedy magic show um, that I've been doing professionally for a long, long time. Um, And so that's kind of my content in a nutshell. So I actually don't do a whole lot of magic on my stuff. People are always like, man, why don't you do more magic? Um, People don't realize that um, there's a lot of rights that sometimes magicians, you know, um, it's not just a matter of keeping a secret kind of thing. It's um, there's TV rights or that goes mm. for social media too, and certain tricks that we're not allowed to be able to perform and do. Um, and I'm not a huge close up guy, you know, to do stuff just on camera like some of the people that you see out there that are so amazing at it. Um, and so my, my stitch is a show right on stage. And so my show is something that I play off the audience. I love interacting with my audience. Um, I tell people all the time, my show is a comedy show with a little bit of magic. You know, I have magician friends who they can push play on a song and in a three, four minute song, they did 10 tricks already. Me in a, in a 10 minute period, I might get one trick done, right? Because I'm just, I'm laughing with the audience. I'm ad-libbing a lot. Um, and just that's my stitch. And so on social media, it's hard to make that come across. So even if there, I could do a trick, it doesn't come across and translate well, right? Because my, my whole thing is interacting with the crowd. Yeah, and and you do a lot of uh, shows for different schools, right? High schools and stuff like that? Middle schools, high schools are my biggest love, my biggest passion. I have a heart for teenagers and college students. Um, I do elementary schools, um, speaking there. Now, the assembly looks a little different, um, right? In middle schools, high schools, I can be me. My talking style, as you know, bro, is very real, very blunt. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm going to say it like it is. And middle school, high school kids appreciate that, right? They appreciate passion. I tell speakers all the time, like if you walk out on that stage and you act like you're here, they're going to read that a mile away, right? They, they just want you on the same playing field as them, that we're in this journey of life together and this life is hard. And so when I get talking to middle school, high school kids, man, I'm very passionate, right? And the Italian in me can come across like somehow like I'm yelling. Um, I'm not. I'm just talking with passion. 
Um, so if I did that to elementary school kids, they would like walk home crying, like the speaker <laughs> yelled at me today. And like, so I don't do very many elementaries. I've learned to be good at it. Um, but I think with elementaries, I, I feel like I got to put on my Barney voice, like, Hey kids, don't bully, you know, right? Rawr, you know? So it's one of those things that, um, like I said, I've learned to be good at speaking to elementary school kids, but my biggest passion, middle school, high school, man. And that's where, you know, we could dive into this in a little bit, you know, on the, on the serious side, but there's a a lot of kids at that age, man, that just are broken and, yeah. um, elementary school kids as well. I get it, but, um, I can be a little more serious, a little more, um, direct when it comes to teenagers. Yeah. And when we, we were sitting down and having lunch there in Vegas and when you kind of told me what you did, I found it really fascinating that when you started, you had said that you would go on sets to movies and while they were like in between scenes, you'd basically perform for the actors and, and do all kinds of things. And I mean, how does one get into something like that? Like how, how does that all start? Yeah, man, it's a great question. I, it kind of just fell on my lap, right? Um, it fell on my lap because I, I had a, a really close friend of mine that worked um, out in Hollywood for a A-list actor um, and he was his assistant. Right. And so that just opened up a lot of doors from there. And then some other things started to happen. And so it wasn't like I saw it out, like, man, I want to go entertain celebrities. Um, it was just something that kind of just happened. Um, you know, most recently was several years ago when the Batman versus Superman movie came out and, um, and I got hired by Warner brothers, um, but at the time, it was actually hired out by the venue um, that was putting on this um, rap party, as they would call it a rap party, when they wrap up the movie and finish it. Yep. And so when they did that, you know, it was under the disguise of the venue, not Warner Brothers at the time. Otherwise, if I knew it was Warner Brothers, I maybe would have quoted it a whole lot higher. <laughs> yeah. But thinking it was just like for this, you know, this venue that was um, out there, I just I, I gave a quote out of what my typical corporate rate would be. Um, and here to find out then I'm fine. I'm wondering why they're sending me like non-disclosure forms and stuff i'm like man this is like the weirdest corporate event i've ever done like this asking me to sign all these like forms and stuff and then here to find out once i signed all that realize it was um them hosting warner brothers and the entire cast and crew of the and producers and everybody for batman versus superman um but getting back to your question man yeah i kind of just fell into it um and then i kind of leaped out of it um, and what I mean by that is it wasn't my greatest passion, right. In life. And it's what I said in the beginning of this podcast, like my greatest passion is motivational speaking. I love making people laugh, man. I love entertaining with illusions, but that's not my biggest passion, right? Because I make it clear every show that I do that everything that you see that I do is an illusion, and if it's an illusion, that means it's not real, right? It's sleight of hand, it's misdirection, it's a lot of wasted years of practice um, to be able to pour, um, perform and pull off these stunts, right, that I'm doing on stage. And so since it's an illusion, it's hard for me to be most passionate about that. I get most passionate about reality and truth, and reality and truth changes people's lives. And so um, I started to actually do so many of those type of events years ago that I kind of just was like, man, um, this wasn't for me. Right. There's a lot of people who are like, man, you get to entertain all these people. Like it, it was fun. It was cool, but it definitely is not my biggest passion in this life, man. If all I'm going to do in this life is just entertain people, uh, at the end of this life, when I'm taking my final breaths, breaths of life, like that's not what I want to be known for, man. I want to be known for someone that's leaving a legacy, impacting people's lives. And if magic and comedy is a way of doing that, um, then obviously I'll use that. But it, it's not my greatest focus in life. Yeah. So I guess there had to have been something that occurred in your life that 
really made you turn to want to motivate children and, and other people to, to do better and, and know that they're important there was that like, what was significant in your life to make you go in that direction? Yeah, absolutely, man. I, um, listen, when I was in middle school, I think middle school is the cruelest age on the face of the planet, right? Um, it, it's just, it's a strange, it's, it's just a weird time of life, right? It's, you have middle school students who look like they're still in third grade. And then you have some <laughs> middle school students that look like they're sophomores, juniors, and seniors in high school, right? It's just, yep. people develop at all weird times and voice changes and some hit puberty way before others. It's just an awkward stage. And so, so many um, people during that can relate back to that being some of the cruelest years you've ever experienced in life. And that was true of me, man. I was just this pimply, skinny, scrawny kid. Um, and you know, just bullied a lot. Um, but it was kind of the mix too, right? Because hurting people hurt people. And so, um, when I was hurting, I wanted to take it out on other people too, right? And so those kind of things played a role into what you just asked me. Um, fast forward um, later in life, there was someone who just basically shared something with me that said, you know, I'm not defined by my past. You know, I'm not defined by my mistakes. I'm not defined by my failures. And that's that hit me right now that was in a faith-based setting and you know even my content right my faith plays a big role in my life but it's it's not something that I ever push on anybody actually I have more friends that are probably non-christians than I have that are Christians right and just because I just uh, I love people man and I love all people and and saying that I don't love people that just agree with what I agree with and so but going back to what I was just saying, you know, it was someone from it, within a church and a faith-based setting that kind of shared that message with me and it hit home. Um, and then most people don't realize this for uh, several years. I was actually a youth pastor, man. Um, oh, wow. And I was a youth pastor for teenagers, right? Because that was my love. That was my passion. Um and so, and the reason I got out of, um, stepped away from doing that is just because of what I just shared a minute ago. I, I wanted to reach people where they were at. And I realized that the people that I related most to, the people that didn't grow up in church, because I didn't grow up in church, the people who most people give up on, you know, the people who have a lot of baggage or a lot of stuff that most people would go, oh yeah, that that's you over there, or you're a failure, you messed up. Um, I was like, man, those people aren't breaking down the doors to get in church. Um, so I wanted to go reach them where they were at, man, go reach people. And reaching people doesn't mean I have to always go, um, you need Jesus, you know? Um, yeah. It's just showing them the love of Jesus, man, and showing them God. And so, you know, in schools, I don't share anything about my faith. I don't hint around about it. I just love on kids, man. Um, that's all I want to do. And so when I was a youth pastor, um, my very first year youth pastoring, there was this kid, senior in high school, good looking kid, man, had everything from the outside, right? That most people would say he has everything going for him. Um, but here was a kid that was hurt, man. And um, he, he chose, I'll just put it this way. He chose to give up on this gift of life. Um, and it was very messy, right? And it was one of those things that it was a small community. Once the police did their investigation and removed the body and all of that kind of stuff happened, here's the family left to clean up this mess, man. Um, it wasn't like a bigger community that had a special unit that comes in and does this. I'm sure there was maybe something from far away. People, they could have hired someone. Um, but I'll never forget, uh, the senior pastor and I, man, just pulling that carpet up and that mattress and taking it outside and just burning it. Cause it was just, you know, you, you just can't wash that stuff, you know, and yeah. wiping down walls and bro, there are images I'll never forget the rest of my life. Right. Um, and so people ask, like you ask, like, you know, what played a role in that? It's all of these things that I'm mentioning, right? That just from me being bullied to what I experienced, the kids hurting, man. Um, 
that I just want to be able to share a message of hope with people, right? Um, a, a message that's going to take where they're at and hopefully change their thinking, right? Um, and that's why the assembly is called Destroy Illusions, right? If people go to, I will give a plug to my website, um, destroyillusionstour.com. It's called Destroy Illusions for a purpose, man. And that purpose is I want to destroy the illusions and lies people are believing about life. Now, it's not enough to just destroy it, bro. You got to replace that with truth and reality to who they are and to who others are. And that's what we do in the assembly. So say that someone's like, man, I just want to give up on life because nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me or my problem will never get better. Um, well, we all feel that way. It's not just kids, right? Teenagers. It's not college students. It's not just young adults. It's grown adults who we all believe illusions and lies at one point or another in our life or maybe several times, right? And so sometimes all it takes is not sharing earth-shattering advice, but reminding people of truth and reality. There's people watching this podcast right now who are like, man, I'm hurting so bad. I just want to give up. I just want to throw in the towel. No one would miss me if I'm gone. Well, truth and reality is people would miss you. People, um, reality is this. I have been to many schools where there's been a suicide in the school and kids are lined up saying, if my friend only knew how much I loved them and missed them. But what happens in that moment when that kid chose to take their life, they believe nobody would ever miss them, right? I've never been right. to a school that didn't have a lineup of people saying amazing things about that person. Um, I'll never forget, bro. I walked into a school one time and there were six suicides in less than six months. Think about that. Jeez. There were actually five. Let me back up. There were actually five when I got asked to come to the school. They said, Tom, will you come? And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. And they're like, our community just needs to laugh. You know, we, they say laughter is the best medicine, right? And it's a saying, but it is so true, right? Even when you don't feel like laughing, it's amazing. I can't, I could tell you a whole list of stories, bro. Of people like, I came to your show and I didn't feel like laughing and you have no idea this, 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 this is going on in my life. And like, I needed this tonight. This was so healing for me um, and just making them laugh. And so this community said, um, Tom, will you come? And I came to that community two weeks before I got there. The dad um, uh, took his life in the same way his son took his life. And um, I will never forget, bro, that mom and dad coming up to me. Um, this older couple came up to me and said, I lost my son and my grandson in a matter of two weeks. Thank you for being here tonight and making everybody laugh. And we needed this so bad. This small little community, it was standing room only at this event, man. It, it was unbelievable. I mean, even the fire marshal was there and he wasn't shutting anything down because he was like, this community is hurting. And this is more important than what's going on in here than yeah. some little code of a few extra people, right? Um, and so just... Blows me away, bro, of uh, the opportunities. I, I, I think I've told you before, I, I pinch myself, man, all the time of like, who am I to get to share this kind of hope with people, right? I, we all got our own messes in life, right? That we're just, we're sometimes just scraping by and it's hard. This life is tough, um, but it's also full of lots of ups, right? And we can't always just look for the ups or the finish line to be happy, right? If you're always looking just for the finish line or the mountaintop experiences of life, then you're going to find yourself really disappointed in life because life is full of a lot of down here moments, right? right. Um, and so that's my encouragement to people is, listen, enjoy the journey, right? The journey sucks sometimes. It rots. There's no good way of saying it. It's not fun. Um, but we can lean on each other instead of kicking each other down and beating each other down and carry one another. There's times, bro, that I need people to carry me during those times, you know, and maybe a week prior I was carrying you during a hard time. You know what I mean? Like that's where we need to be there for one another rather than kicking each other down. Yeah, no, and I agree with that a hundred percent. 
And you said something just a minute ago saying, who are you to be able to tell these people all of these things? But I think what it is, man, is your persona, your desire, your passion, and how good you are talking to all these individuals. They can relate to you and they can understand that what you're saying isn't just, what's that? I appreciate that, bro. Yeah. And, you know, I think that it all comes down to when you have the ability to say something and all of a sudden you have everybody on your side, I think that that helps a ton. And and everything that I've seen as far as your content and stuff online, you do that, man. And, and you know, earlier you said that middle school – is kind of like the weirdest age, but the coolest age, you yeah, know, yeah. for these kids. And high school, I could tell you, I so I have kids in high school and middle school and elementary school. And high school, man, the attitudes, the, the you know, after all the puberty and they're going through all these changes and, and the attitudes with mom and dad. And I'm yeah. just curious, when you're giving these speeches to them, what is that like, I guess, as far as a reaction, do you see a lot of, uh, this is dumb. I just want to go home. You know, how do you get these kids that have no real motivation other than wanting to play video games and hang out yeah. with friends yeah. to, yeah. to, to fall in love with you and laugh and, and get into it, man. I <laughs> such a good question. I walk into all different kinds of schools, right? I walk into, um, the most rural schools, right, to city schools, to diverse schools, to, you know, all kinds of different situations, um, poor schools to rich schools. I mean, and it's been fun, man. I love the challenge, right? I love, I walked into a um, school district that the principal said that Every speaker that we have ever had has said, this is the worst school that I have ever spoken in. And they never come back. And they, he goes, I have to look for different speakers all the time. These kids just chase them out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, they don't listen. They're very rude. They're very disrespectful. Um and I remember him telling me this, right? Uh, the human side of us goes, all right, yeah, this is not going to be very fun. But then the other side of me is like, I'm up for the challenge, you know, like bring it, you know. And so I just go in, like I said, and I'm just going to be me. Now, doing a comedy magic show, as I said, it's not my biggest passion, but it's also a way to break down walls. Like I said, laughter you know, is the best medicine. And so sometimes you do some cool trick because it's not like I'm doing tricks like for elementary school kids, like pulling bunnies out of hats and stuff like that. Right. I'm not wearing like uh, a vest with playing cards all over and like, hey, kids, you want to see a magic trick? You know, so I'm going in there, man. I'm doing like Chris Angel, David Blaine style stuff, but just with a lot of comedy, you know, and you know, the tricks that teenagers are going to love. And you start doing that and it's amazing. It breaks down the hardest of hearts, man. The kids who are like, man, I'm too cool for this. Um, I could tell you over and over again, stories of kids that even would reach out through social media and they would say, you came in. I was like, ah, here goes another assembly. You know, most assembly speakers are always so boring. And this was the best assembly that we have ever had. Um, but getting back to that story, I walked into that school and, um, it was tough. It was everything that principal said it was man. Um, and which I think, you know, side note, it all starts with leadership, right? It all starts here and it filters down, but I don't want to tell the principal that, right? Like, sure. Hey, listen, like maybe you're not the right person for the job, you know, but, um, but I, I came in there, man, and I just was me. And, um, and just was real with these kids and, you know, and and during the tricks and stuff, they're kind of still, they're just kind of feeling me out. Right. And so by the time I got into even the serious stuff, man, they were all ears. And the principal said afterwards, he goes, dude, you could hear a pin drop 
in that room. These kids were so engaged in what you had to say. And he's like, they've never been like that before. Um, and so to answer your question, man, it, it just, it, it's just fun, right? It's, it's fun going in and just seeing, um, how we can impact these kids, um, in a way that you're right. They do. They live in a generation that everything is this, everything mm-hmm. is kind of just no eye to eye contact. And I'm just going to look down. I'm not really interested. The attention spans are like this small. Um, and so it, it's tough, right? You can't even get a, a kid to watch a commercial back in the day yet. You know, as us as adults, we can name lots of commercials and the theme songs and the quirky things about that commercial, right? These kids, like, today they could barely sit and watch a commercial. Um, And so to say all of that, it just, I I don't think it's anything special in what I'm doing. I think any speaker can come on in and just, one, be real, be real, be real, be real. And then number two, um, just speak truth to them, you know, and and let them know that you're in this journey with them. And that's all they want, right? That's all they care about is they don't want someone looking down on them. They want someone to be able to go, man, talk with me through this because I'm hurting. And too many assembly speakers come in and they try to just talk at kids instead of with kids. Um, So that's my approach. Yeah. Okay. And for the listeners, if they were interested in like having you come to their, you know, child school or a principal's listening and they want you to come to the school that they work for, how do they get a hold of you and how do they book something like that? Yeah. Um, our website has everything. You know, back in the day it used to be let's send out a press kit in the mail, give us your address, you know, and um, but now obviously with technology, the entire press kit, everything, I mean I've been doing this a long time. I've been doing this now 17 years full time, just doing speaking. This was, you know, after my youth pastor days, even, you know, Um, I did 12 years doing that. Um, And so 17 years now, I've taken just about every question that someone would ask without it being a whole bunch of ugly information to read through. And like, you're just like, oh, this is just cluttered with too much detail. I've taken everything and just simplified it, man. And so from information to promo videos to my rates, like magicians like to keep secrets, but I don't keep a secret when it comes to the rates. We just lay it straight out there. Like this is what the rate is. And it has built in discounts, right? So if a school brings me in, I could do up to three school assemblies a day. Um, And if there's a bigger school district or they need more assemblies, we just do consecutive days. There's times I'm in a school district or surrounding districts, you know, for several days or maybe a week at a time. As long as it's consecutive days, we'll make it happen. So if they go to destroyillusionstour.com, that has every bit of information they could ever need um, to be able to book it. The booking forms right on the contact page. Um, and then we'll just get back to them. Um, anybody listening though, I'll do this, Kev, for all your listeners, viewers. Um, if anyone, um, gets me into the school, um, to do at least one school assembly in your district, just one even, um, in the evening time, we typically would come back in the evening in communities or communities will bring me out just for this part to do a comedy magic show, right? So a 75 minute show with comedy magic. And then I kind of um, would take a few minutes out of that to encourage that community um, and just kind of bring unity to the community. Um, But if anybody brings me out to at least one school assembly, then in the evening time, I'll waive that fee completely um, in the evening. Um, and I'll do that for free for your listeners and viewers and do that event in the evening for free. The school assembly, there's a rate, but the evening event where we invite them, the community, the parents, the kids back, um, I'll do that event for free. Um, wow. typically, like I said, that's a several thousand dollars that that would be. And that's my way of putting my heart, my mouth, you know, where my wallet is, um, or my wallet, where my mouth is, whichever way you say that. Um, I think I got it backwards there, but, um, I just, I believe in it. Right. And I could speak to the kids 
That's one thing because during the school assembly, I only do two tricks and it's just enough to whet their appetite. And so we want to invite them back in the evening time with parents, with the community, because we all know a lot of things start at home, right? And we need that reinforcement at night, even though the evening time is mostly towards, you know, fun and laughing and magic tricks and things. I do like to take that time out to encourage the parents and the community. Um, so we're all on the same page together, how we can best um, see these kids who are hurting and help them um, together. So that's something that's an offer that is out there. Just, you know, if they're booking a school assembly, just say, hey, listen, I saw it um, on uh, Kevin Hughes uh, podcast. And I just uh, and will honor that free evening event. Wow, man, that's amazing. Thank you so much for doing that. I mean, I think that so many people listening should take that into consideration and really uh, think about this offer because, I mean, I think every if I could, everything I've seen from you, like if I could have it my way, I would book you every single school in this nation. No. I think I think it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how large the school is, how, you know, wealthy the school is. I think every child in every scenario always needs a pick me up, man. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, everybody's going through something like you said earlier and, you know, you may think someone has a perfect life, but you don't see, just like they always say, you don't know what happens behind closed doors. Yeah, man. So that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, uh, I don't know. You, what you do is amazing, man. And, and I want to know like, how far do you want to take this? Like, you spoke of, you know, David Blaine and Chris Angel. Like, is that something you kind of want to go for in the future? Like, would you love to have a residency in Vegas and have a nightly show and have people from all around the world come to you? Nope. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, let me say this. Uh, a nightly, let me just back up. I say nope to Vegas. Okay. Um, but would I love a place that, um, I I've been looking for a place in, I live in Pensacola, Florida. Right. And so, um, I would love to have a place that I could call home, right. A theater here that I'm doing weekly shows or maybe because I still love the road life. Right. And I still want to do that, but I don't want, I'm getting old, bro. I, I'm, I'm 85 <laughs> years old now. Don't I look good for 85? Um, I'm no, I'm 50 years old, man. Like I got to slow this thing down. Right. Cause this body is like, my mind is like, you keep going on the road and my body is going, help me like, please <laughs> slow down, you know? So as much as I love what I'm doing, reality is I know I got maybe a good decade or so left of me of going out on the road, right? Um, partly is because I, I have some health issues that um, I just I battle and, and that kind mm. of thing. And so that slows me down. I'm in 24-7 chronic pain every day of my life. But anyway, that's stuff my wife hears about and not many other people get to hear about. But um, but I, I press on, right? And I just keep going. Um, but I would love to slow it down. It's a lot easier being at home. Um, during the pandemic, um, we were doing shows at the end of the pandemic at a um, venue here in Pensacola. Um, I was doing my show every single Saturday night, every Friday night. I was bringing in stand-up um, professional stand-up comedians that a lot of people see on TV. Um, on Friday nights, Saturday nights, I was doing my show. Bro, I loved it. I fell in love with that. I was like, man, I could do this a whole lot more if we find the right menu. Um, so actually from anywhere from Mobile, Alabama to Destin, Florida, man, I'm like, or Panama City Beach even. That's only two and a half hours from my house. I'm trying to find a venue that we can make happen at least on a somewhat regular basis. Um, because again, I do enjoy the road some. I just need to wheel it back a little bit. Um, but in Vegas, no, like I don't want it. And people yeah. are like, well, why? Like as a magician, bro, you're not the only person. I hear that at least once a month for years and years and years. Um, or at shows, I hear it all the time, you know, um, because people think when you're a magician, right, that's where Penn and Teller, that's where David Copperfield, you know, all Caritas, great you magicians, know. that's where they go and perform. And so they just think like that's the end result. But people don't realize 
it, it's it's tough to do it in Vegas. Um, one, if I was doing it in Vegas, people are there to strictly see entertainment, right? If I took time to do a serious side, um, you know, again, it goes back to why I said I, 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 I stepped out of doing a lot of the celebrity stuff is because I just, it wasn't my biggest passion because I wanted to share something that was my heart, right? And share a message of hope. Um, and so you can't do that in Vegas, right? You're not going to get many people in the crowd because that's not what people are there for. They're there to drink, have a good time and laugh a little bit, see a show. They don't want a serious side of anything, right? When I was home, I was able to do that, right? Even though people paid to laugh, have a good time, I could take five minutes out of the show and just kind of just be me for five minutes and go, let's just be real. You're here to laugh. But there's people sitting in the audience who are broken right now. There are people in the audience who your marriage is falling apart. There's people in the audience ready to give up on life. There's people in the audience dealing with financial situations that seem like it's never going to get better. Or you just lost your job. I mean, we can go down the list. You're, you're crying your eyes out at night, you know, on the pillow because your kids, or your grandkids are just making decisions that are just breaking your heart. Or a kid that might be in the crowd and a mom or dad that's making decisions that are breaking their heart, right? Um, it's amazing that after those shows, how many people go, man, that show made me laugh. It was incredible. But can I talk to you about that five minutes, man, how much that hit home, how much I really needed that people received it well. Right. But when you're in Vegas, it's a whole different thing. Not to mention people don't realize, um, because I have a lot of magician friends who have shows there. Um, unless you're the, the big, big names, everybody else, they're not making any money, man. Um, you know, they're having to pay their own billboards and their own signs on taxi cabs. And, and it's not like in a town that you or I live in, man, when you're in Vegas, that stuff is big, big sure. money, man. Um, and so it's a wash, you know, um, you know, they're renting facilities, not when you're a big name and they're giving you the facility and they're, you know, paying you big bucks to be able to be in their house. You know, um, when you're a small magician, even guys, when I say small magician, I'm talking about people that even have some TV creds. Maybe they want America's Got Talent and stuff. It's amazing how many some of them have to pay the venue, pay all their own advertising. Um you know, and they're making a little bit of money off some ticket sales. So getting back to what you said, nah, not, no, not for me. Yeah, and, and now that you explain that, that makes total sense. I guess I didn't put it together, you know, the entertaining part to the motivational part, you know, like, yeah, people would love to come see probably your, you know, your comedy and your show, but more than that, you know, you're trying to send that message and yeah, Vegas would not be the place for you. I don't think either now that you've kind of, went into detail with that. Um, and I want to rewind a little bit. You're, you said you're 50 years old, which I knew about, you know, you turned 50, what, uh, two weeks ago or so weeks ago. Yep. January 6th. Holy cow, dude. Like you, you look younger than me. Like what is your secret, bro? Like <laughs> seriously, man, I'm 38. You look younger you than look I do. Good man. What are you talking about? bro? Uh, I, well, thank you. I appreciate that. But I still think you look younger than me, <laughs> uh, man. I listen, there's a few things that contribute. One, I married a gorgeous wife who was 13 years younger than me. Um, so what she is phenomenal. Yeah, right. And so I know you met her. You hung out. Yeah. So listen, when I stand next to her, she just naturally makes me look younger, right? Um, <laughs> and so when I'm away from her, people are like, "Yeah, you're old, dude." You know. Um, no, the other thing, I don't know what it is, man. I guess the other contributing factor, I did nothing to deserve it, right? <laughs> I just, now, I was going to actually darken this thing up a little bit before we did our podcast today. I didn't get a chance to, man. I didn't get a chance. So we were getting to see a little bit of gray. That's about as gray as I get right there in a couple patchy little spots. Um, but for the most part, like, I'll just touch that stuff up, right? It's an illusion, man, because <laughs> the body feels 85, <laughs> Um, my parents, it's not like one looks young. They both look young. Mm. Um, so that's helpful. And then all my guy friends laugh at me, bro. But, and I don't usually admit this, but I lotion this face up, man. When you get out of that shower, man, you got to lotion it up, man. You gotta, you gotta put some 
cocoa butter, man. You got to like lotion the face up. I've been doing that, man, since I was, I can't say high school. I probably didn't do it. Probably in college, um, college on, man. Um, every single time I hop out of that shower, man, I, I'm lotioning up this face, right? Um, nothing fancy. I'm talking Walmart brand cocoa lotion man yeah. uh, something that won't break out my face you know and just i don't know if that contributes or not there's someone on here watching this like that don't do nothing um <laughs> you're right it might not maybe because it's walmart brand and you're paying 350 dollars for your lotion brand that <laughs> just because it costs a lot you're thinking it'll help a lot but i don't do anything man fancy a little it's bit good of jeans. On the hand and i'm wiping their face and that's about it and throwing my clothes on and go about my day it's good genes. That's what it is. That's it. Mom and dad, man. It's cool. Yeah. Okay. So if, if you are able to speak about this, I want to talk about your upcoming TV show. Can we talk about that? Yeah. 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 So yeah, I saw that on, uh, you had like a trailer. I think it was on Instagram. What's that? It's a pinch me moment of my life. Right? Oh, incredible. So I saw this trailer and basically it's kind of similar to what I'm doing here on the podcast, right? You're like, but you're bringing yeah, the, the people onto stage and you're having this full episode with them. And um, I guess you tell me about it. You, you tell the listeners kind of what it's all about and what you're doing. Yeah, the show is called Influenced. Um, so spell the word influenced with a D um, and without any vowels. So it's N-F-L-N-C-D. Uh, influenced. Um, and the show is going to be, it's kind of a mix between ridiculousness and Jimmy Fallon, right? Um, and so it's got that kind of vibe of both. If you can blend them two together, um, that's kind of the vibe of the show. Um, it takes place, the studio, man, gorgeous studio in Mobile, Alabama, of all places, um, is where this studio is at. The executive producer of the show, he's won a couple Emmys and a whole bunch of other awards. He used to be a, a big producer out in Hollywood. And um, when all his friends were like, man, you're going to be like the next big producer and you're doing so many things. And um, he's like, man, I'm going back to Mobile to do a studio there. And people are like, why? And his whole story, man, is just phenomenal. Um uh, but short version is he grew up there, man. That, that's his upbringing. And he loves Mobile and he's in love with the city, man. And um, and so what we want to do, too, is make Mobile, Alabama, the social media capital, man. Um, so when it comes to YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and all of these apps and social media stars, right, that we want to take and do a whole bunch of things right there. Um you know, Hollywood kind of, you know, I don't think they know what to make of social media influencers, you know, because they're like, man, we went to acting school and we did all of this and and they did and they worked hard to get to where they're at. Right. And and they grinded hard. And um, and so they're kind of blown away of why social media influencers have more followers than they have, right? And they're trying to wrap their head around this. Um, and I just got off the phone with a big social media influencer um, yesterday, and we were talking about this very thing. And, and I said, and they were calling me because they were like, Tom, someone reached out to me. Um, and they're wanting help to promote their page and to promote their stuff. And this is a guy with several million followers. And he said, like, this person has, you know, uh, just a very small following, but his heart is huge. And it's something that you do, Tom, would you be able to help him out? Cause it falls more in line with what you do. Um, bro, the fact that that phone call took place, I told that influencer, I said, this is why this show is going to be popular. This is why this show is going to be huge because a celebrity, for the most part, I don't want to put all celebrities in that you know pigeonhole, but for the most part, they're not going to take the time to care about that person with a small little bit of followers, right? If you know, I, for my birthday, right? We had you just interviewed Scott on here, Scott D. Henry, right? And Holly came on out um, for my birthday. We're walking. Um, 
to go to some really super cool place for my birthday. Um, and he gets stopped by someone. And he spends time with them, right? That's mm -hmm. Scott. That's his heart. That's social media influencers as a whole, right? They're going to do that. And celebrities will do that to an extent. But you should have saw the way that Scott was investing that time into those people, right? Because he has a love for doing that, right? And you don't find that for the most part with celebrities, right? And so that's what makes this show so unique and so huge is that you know, Jimmy Fallon's going to entertain A-list celebrities all day long, right? Or other talk shows. There's no one that's really interviewing and going after besides podcasts and things, right? And are interviewing social media stars. And so we're, um, I shouldn't say we, the show um, approached me and said, will you be the host of this? And bro, that's why I said this is a pinch me moment because I'm like, there are so many amazing people out there that can host this show. Like, I'm, I'm still blown away. We've already filmed episode one and we're getting ready to film episodes two through nine um, here in the next month. And I'm thinking, who am I to be the host of this show? But what we're going to do is bring in the biggest social media stars on the planet. Um. And we're going to bring them into the studio. We're flying them in, putting them up for the night. We're hanging out around Mobile, letting them get a taste and fall in love with the city. We're shooting a lot of B-roll footage. Um, our sponsor, one of our biggest sponsors for this show is something called Megaverse. Um, and they have these theaters. It's a virtual reality theater. Um, and so we and they develop this stuff right there in Mobile. Um, and so that theater is set up right there at the studio or one of the studios that's there. Um, and so we put them through experiencing virtual reality as they can walk around. Like I'm playing dodgeball and stuff with Ty Garcia and Tanya Lee. Like we're throwing <laughs> virtually, like we're in a room, right? That's a whole nother thing. It's so cool. Um, but we want them to experience the life there. Immobile, the restaurants, the nightlife, the cool stuff that this city has to offer um, because it is a cool city. And so we want people to know that, man, when it comes to social media, like this is where it's at. Um, and this is where we're going to highlight you guys um, through influence, the talk show to other shows that um, they're developing and working on. Um, there's lots of different shows um, that are about to happen. So people can go to social media and look at influence, follow, follow, follow. Um, it's up on YouTube too. subscribe to the page. Um, so what's going to happen in the beginning, bro, we're going to just kind of um, put it out there on YouTube and through the influence website. Um, and so that's how the first season will be aired. Um, we haven't released that at all yet. Um, at my birthday party, they actually, the executive producer and some other people from the team, man, they worked hard on editing episode one, finishing it up. And they surprised me and my family and friends um, there at my birthday on a jump drive episode one, man. Oh, and wow. so my family and my friends, like I'm telling them how special this opportunity is, but for them to meet the executive producer and to see episode one, like I'm looking around as we're sitting on the couch in this place that we rented on the TV and they're all watching it, man. I was like, it just hit me, man. It was a very emotional time for me, for them to experience what I've been telling them is happening with me in my life right now, this big opportunity. Um, so that's how it will be available in the beginning. Um, much more than that, I can't say besides that it's getting pitched to some, um, some big old uh, networks. Um, and so, bro, it's, it's just, it's going to be huge, man. It's going to be huge. Nothing like this has ever been done. Like I said, besides like a podcast, like yourselves, uh, like yourself, of interviewing, you know, big influencers, nothing in a TV show format has been done. Um, and so we're filming this in 22 minute segments. Um, so each episode is 22 minutes with eight minutes worth of commercials. Because when you go to put this on a network, that's what they're looking for and what they're doing. And so that's what we're striving for. Um, it's just beautiful. Yeah.
I can't wait um, to get you down to the studio. I can't wait for your in, your the people that watch your show to come on down. And because we're going to open this up eventually for people to be able to come and watch a live taping of the show. Please let me know about that because I want to come check it out and I want to check out the studio. And, and like you said, I mean, what you're doing is exactly what I decided to do with this podcast. And I personally don't know of any other podcast out there that strictly talks to social media personalities, you know, and, uh, and maybe, maybe I just haven't come across them, but I think my show is one of the only ones out there and, and maybe that's why it's been as successful as as it has. But I think, you know, going back to what you said about, you know, the difference between these social media influencers in Hollywood, to me, what I have noticed the most, because I also worked in Hollywood. I don't know if I, if you knew that No, I edit. Yeah. I used to edit TV shows and movies. Like I did, um, Rocky Balboa, Jackass two, um, Kings of Queens, the Simpsons. Like I used to edit those. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, while I was out there, you know, I could tell you the difference just based on my experience, but as a social media influencer, they not only take the time with their fans, but they're interactive. Yeah. And when they can go live and their fans can ask them questions and they answer them, you know, that takes a whole different type of love for the, for the, the, the celebrity, AKA, you know, influencer, you know, I've seen celebrities, A-list celebrities go live, but they don't pay attention to any of the comments. They're doing yeah. something to promote their new movie or new TV show or new podcast or whatever it is. But these social media creators, like I said, they, they take the time to really pay attention to their fans. Uh, like Scott, you said, he stops and he talks to his fans and he'll take the time to say hello. Or that other instance where that guy called you and wants to help somebody out. I could tell you, I could tell you 100% if you walked up to some A-list uh, celebrity and said, how can I make it in Hollywood? All they're going to tell you is do the work. Yeah. Go that, practice, not, baby. They're not going to sit there. Okay. I'm going to let, let me give you a step-by-step of how to go about this. Heck no, because they don't want the competition, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, as a social media influencer, I believe it's the opposite because the, the, in all reality, the, it's really small, right? Social media, the, the superstardom right now is really small and, we want to see it continue growing and we want to see these people follow their dreams and, and not have to move to LA or New York to, to become somebody or follow their passions. And, uh, I I think that's the difference, you know, in my opinion, I think that is truly the difference. That's why we're going to do this in Mobile, Alabama, man. And it's, yeah, you mentioned something that there's celebrities starting to go live, right. And they're starting to engage. They're, getting these TikTok pages before they would just view other people's pages, right? They had TikTok pages, but they're kind of just hiding. And look at how much in the last two years alone, how much that has changed with celebrities going live. They're trying to interact because they see that there is something happening there that is just unbelievable, man. And so some do interact with people because they're seeing what that does, right? Because there's a, you know, an amazing human side to so many celebrities. I, I can name, you know, a lot of great celebrities or sports athletes who, you know, aren't, they didn't forget where they came from. Let's just, sure. Put, right. And so, um, dude, that's what I love about your podcast. Um, and that's what people keep asking even, um, you know, Hey Tom, like you guys are interviewing the big celebrities on this show. Um, yeah, um, we are, <laughs> Um, and so, uh, we're going to, the show asked if I would do a podcast to interview the same basically format that we're doing for the show, but a more of a podcast of interviewing people who aren't well known. You know, there are so many amazing people out there that probably have less than a thousand followers that people never heard of. And they're impacting and influencing this world. Nobody's business, man. And so there are the people that um, that we want to have on the podcast. Right. Um, Everything's I don't want to say a stepping stone, but that's where for the show influence, we want to be able to bring in the big creators, right? That's what's going to make this appealing, right? In a, in a given world, I would love to be able to go, man, let's put 
you know, it's not my idea. This is the producers, right? In a given world, it would be great to be able to have um, small creators and everybody go, hey, come watch. But we live in a world that, you know, people want to be able to watch the bigger creators and that kind of stuff. And we think once the show is a hit that we do this podcast, that people will go, man, I'm going to listen in on this because we're going to highlight creators because the show producers, myself, our heart isn't in the number, right? It's in just knowing what the big picture looks like and knowing that we want to use this show. It's not even about the influencer. That's what people with this show, they're going to soon find out. It's about who impacted them, who influenced them, and who they're influencing. Exactly. It's not even about them, right? Here's them, and it's about it's about who impacted them and who they're impacting. Yep. So it's not even about the influencer. And so um, that's where we want to run with this show. And yeah. our hope is that people walk away, go, man, I was influenced when they, we do the podcast, people go, man, I was influenced by this creator that I've never even heard of before. Um, and our, our goal, our love would be for that creator on the podcast to blow up. And then we just watch them end up being on the show, right? Where people are like, um, it happened because someone believed in me here. Right. Um, yeah. And so people that understand the big picture of why we do it um, and people, once we get rolling, will realize, man, that this is going to be something special um, because nothing like this again in a TV show format has ever been done. And I'm honored to be a part of it, bro. No, and I'm so happy for you. And, you know, you said something, it doesn't matter the, the number. And I have several guests. I've had guests on here with millions of followers. I've had guests on here with hundreds of thousands of followers. And I've had guests on here with 20,000 followers. Yep. And, and those ones that are in the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, they always ask me, their first question is, I'm not a big named or big numbered person. Like, why are you having me on your show? And I tell them every time, it's not about how many followers you have. It's about how you do your content and your heart and your passion of what you're going towards. Because if I see something, if I go on your live and I see how, how much drive you have and how you communicate with people and, and see that you have this interesting backstory of how you got to where you are today, that's what I want on my show. It's not about, it's not about, I don't want just famous people. I mean, they're cool. Yeah. And I, and I love having them, but you know, anybody with talent, it deserves their moment in the spotlight. You know what bro, I mean? Bro, that's why my buddy tons of fun. My best friend in the whole world on this app, man, that I met that became not just the best friend or someone I met on an app, but he became like a brother to me, right? He stayed here at my house right here. I've stayed at his house. His dad, you know, um, has become like a dad to me. Um and so, you know, and I had the honor to be able to speak um, at his memorial there. Um, but we both met when we had, you know, less than a thousand followers each. Right. I, when I met him, he had very few followers. And I, I saw this dude with a shirt off, 700 pounds, dancing around on screen. And I'm like, that's my dude. Anyone yeah. who can be themselves follower account don't mean nothing to me. Exactly. Um, and I just, I, I fell in love with that dude because he was him. Um, and he was my biggest cheerleader and encourager, you know, besides, you know, my family, um, my wife and kids, um, you know, biggest cheerleader in my life. And so, um, yeah, that just goes back to what you're saying, man. Follow yeah. don't mean a whole, whole lot. Yeah. Let's go out and influence people. Let's go out and impact people. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited for you, man. And congratulations on everything you're doing. And I'm telling you, that's my, one of my goals of 2023 is to kill it and be invited to come on your show, man. I would love to be a part of it. I really would. It'd be yeah. I tell people all the time, man, because I have a lot of people reaching out and they're like, yo, can you get me on the show? And I'm like, look, I'm just the host. <laughs> um, the executive producer, the co-producers, they all they all pull the trigger on who the guests are, you know, and I suggest names. But, bro, you keep killing it. You keep smashing this, man. Um, you know, you know me, man. I love to see other people succeed. So even when we start that podcast, man, I hope that you like your viewers are way more than what we have, man. I just I want to see 
people succeed, man, and cheer them on. And uh, you're doing great things, man. You're doing amazing things. Uh, and uh, I, I applaud you. And I just want to thank everybody. Just to stay tuned, right, for this whole hour and just listen to us chat and talk. Um, go out and uh, and just influence someone. You know, yeah. I urge people as as we end this, man, just to look around every room that you walk into, you know, and take three seconds to look around. Yeah. Whether that's at a gas station pump, you're waiting in line at Walmart, you're at the mall, you're in your workplace, you're in your neighborhood, take three seconds. I guarantee when you look around and you take time out of your busy schedule, look around, there's someone around you that's hurting. There's someone around you that needs an encouraging word, a compliment, a hug when it's appropriate. And that kind of kindness, man, kindness wins every time. It'll change their outlook on life. Absolutely. And before I let you go, can you do uh, me a favor and uh, answer me this question? Uh, who's your favorite TikTok creator? Uh, I, I heard Kevin Hughes is that person. <laughs> but in all reality, come on now. <laughs> who's my favorite TikTok creator? Um, man, you put me on the spot. Um, mm, there's so many. Yeah. It's tough. It really is. That is really, really tough. Um, mm, I hate answering that. I really do. Because there are so many that would be number ones, right? Sure. That, that I love. Um, I, then let me rephrase it. Let, let's do, uh, who is a TikTok creator that has influenced you? that's influenced me or maybe motivated you to whatever it is, someone that's just touched your life in, in a, in a positive way. Yeah, man. When you go that, I changed my answer. <laughs> okay. Um, but, um, bro, Kevin Lawson's content, right. is not always about his faith, even though in the mornings I'll, I'll be in his live, not say anything sometimes and just watch right. As he's praying with people. I love reading through the comments of people, the way that he's encouraging and inspiring him, um, or them, um, his rest stop videos about just taking a break in life, right? It's his journey. You got to keep going. It's what I say. Enjoy the journey, right? Enjoy the journey. Sometimes you yep. do. You need to just take a little pause, a little break, pull off from that rest area. Man, so much of his content is just so good. Um, and he's not just a content creator that, you know, that I watch. Um, he's become a, a, a friend. And um, and you guys might even have to watch the Influence Show to see if he's on an upcoming episode. Just saying, um, you know, without saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> Um, so, yeah. uh, just, yeah, to answer your question, man, Kevin, um, someone who I love watching their content, um, to going back to what you said is, uh, Jesse creating wonders, man. Um, his stuff is just, uh, it's just point blank, man. Right. You just it like it yeah. is. And it's not like you and I talking on this hour long podcast, right? Like here's a dude that he says it like that. He says it in very few words. And yet there's so much wisdom built into uh, what he says. And so um, my wife and I, you know, sat with him and uh, Mrs. Creating Wonders uh, last year at the Cheer Choice Awards. And um and so getting to know them a whole lot more and, and just interacting throughout the year and staying in touch with them. I just, I, I love everything that they're doing. Um, I agree. Bro. I agree. Well, Tom, man, I cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to come chat with little old me over here. Oh, good. Not little. Old you. <laughs> but I'm so excited for Vegas too, man. I mean, uh, I'll be there. And I know you're doing some cool things uh, for the show, and I'm excited to see you in person again and hang out. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be a good time, dude. So I, I can't wait, man. I'll be presenting an award, and I'm in the top five for the Cheer of the Year award, man. So so honored there too. Well, and you deserve it, man. And can't uh, wait to meet so many people and see people. Yeah, I'm so excited for you. Congratulations again, and uh, let's keep in touch, man. Hopefully, uh, hopefully one day I could say, yeah, I was a guest on his show. You know what I yeah. mean? So I love that, man. You know that. Oh yeah. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. 
Um, re- really, really appreciate it, bro. I don't take this lightly, man. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Anytime, man. You're welcome back anytime. Thanks, bro. Talking with Kevin Hughes. You know, it really, really means so much to me as a person when I hear someone's story where they care about helping other people more than anything else. You know, it's not about them. It's not about, you know, the experiences they've had or what they, you know, ultimately wanted to be successful in. It's all about making a difference in someone else's life. And Tom is about that. And you guys probably heard that on this episode and you really, really need to check out his content and and you know he offered that that deal to the TikToking listeners out there and if this is something that you guys could benefit from please please let him know because I think just from the stuff that I have seen him do it is absolutely phenomenal and he just he really just gets through to these kids so easily and it's so inspiring to them and motivating to them and let's be real guys I have teenagers myself so I know how much uh, these kids sometimes need that little you know extra motivation or extra pick me up and this is what he does so and he's really good at doing it so I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Tom and as always next week I'm going to have another phenomenal guest right here on TikToking with me Kevin Hughes So until then, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Bye-bye now.